0: Well, if no one said it to you yet, welcome to Meadowland. We, we are glad that you're here. My name is Steve. If you don't know me, I'm the pastor here, and uh, we're going to dig into God's Word here in a minute. But first, I want to ask you a question. Uh, do any aspects of your life feel like they're impossible, or right, maybe even just improbable? Maybe some, some hopes you have, some uh, things that you are looking forward to. Just, you just, your heart is that one day these things would come to pass, but as every day ticks by, that there's a, a sense of, of losing hope. Is, it, is this ever going to happen? Are we ever going to receive this in, in, in our family? Is this relationship ever going to be restored? Are my kids ever going to figure this out? Are they going to get this? Or do they have to learn the hard way? Am I ever going to overcome this bad habit or, or be freed from this addiction that just continues to plague me no matter what I do? Am I, am I ever going to accomplish these goals in life Man, I've really been working hard at my finances, and man, are we ever really gonna be debt free? I've really been trying to honor God with how I spend, and yet I still feel like I'm digging holes. Yeah, am I ever gonna get that promotion? Man, I'm working hard. I'm, I'm trying to work as one who works for the Lord, yet I keep getting passed up. Are these things ever gonna happen? Am I ever gonna be able to build a family? Maybe I haven't been able to find uh, uh, you know, a spouse yet, or we haven't been able to have kids, or there's been some other complications. or just, you know, I'm just not where I thought I'd be. I had hopes, I had dreams, and just, they just haven't come to be yet. Well, we've been in the midst of this series uh, when pigs fly, and it's kind of talking about those things that, that, that seem or feel impossible or improbable. And we just begin to lose hope. All those will never happen. And last week, we began by looking at uh, a little, the, the intro to the Christmas story, right? Looking at Mary when uh, the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, hey, Mary, I got some news for you. You might want to sit down for this one. It's a little bit of a shocker. And he revealed that she was going to be, uh, uh, that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and that she would basically give birth to the Son of God. And she would be the mother of Jesus. And as if that wasn't startling enough, uh, Gabriel also says, oh, by the way, your cousin, your, your family member Elizabeth, who everyone thought was barren, She's pregnant too. She's actually currently pregnant. And we find out that that becomes John the Baptist who prepares the way for Jesus. And Gabriel tells Mary in Luke chapter 1 verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Even before we begin to unpack what that means, man, that, that, there's just hope in that, isn't it? There's just a sense of hope. Okay, yeah, there's nothing impossible for our God. And if you want to unpack that more, encourage we'll have it online. Last week's message, you can go there and listen to that. But man, what awe, what wonder, what excitement there is found in that truth. We ask this question, do you really believe that? Do you truly believe that nothing will be impossible with God? I think it's one thing to say, yeah, I do. I do believe that. It's another to look at our lives and say, do our lives reflect that? If someone were to look at how we live our lives, would they say, yeah, that's a person who truly believes that nothing is impossible with God? We talk about how belief should move us to a place of action. And the action of belief in this case is first one of surrender to God's plan. One where I say, you know what? Uh, Are the things that, that I feel are impossible that I desire to see accomplished? That list I kind of went through initially. These are things I would love to see happen in my life First, I have to ask the question, are, are these things I should even be desiring? Or are, are these things that honor God? Have I, have I submitted my plan to God's will? And some of those things I maybe need to say, you know what, pursuing this, this thing I've always hoped for, you know, it doesn't honor God. I need to let that go. Or maybe, yeah, this, is, this does honor God. These things are good and healthy and, and, and uh, they build up others. And I believe they honor God, but maybe there's no promise of those things. There's no promise that we'll experience those things in this life. We can hope for them, but there's no guarantee. Are we okay with that? Have we submitted our plans that we desire, that maybe we feel have become impossible? Have we submitted those before the Lord? Do we surrender to God's plan? That's one element of action we can take if we truly believe Luke 1.37. We also talked about last week how another action of belief is waiting on the Lord. We kind of pose this, pose this question of, uh, does God always answer prayer? We say, yes, he does. And a lot of times when we say, no, he doesn't always answer prayer, it's, what we mean by that is, he doesn't answer it the way I want him to. We're, we're looking for a yes, and so we keep asking the question, God, you didn't, answer, you didn't answer me, I'm looking for a yes. And If you have kids, maybe you experience this. Can I have this? No. Can I have this? No. Can I have this? They keep asking, We well, haven't answered my question. What I have answered, it just wasn't the way you desired. And so when God says no to our plans, when God says wait, are we willing to wait on the Lord? And so do we really, truly believe this? We know there's other things in our life that seem impossible. And these are, these are kind of the flip side of that coin of, of what feels impossible. These are the things that we don't want to see happen. These are the things that say, I, I could never go through that. Maybe you've seen someone in your life who's going through heartache, going through grief, going through just unimaginable situations. Or at least you thought they are unimaginable until you saw your, your friend or your, your loved one go through them. And you say, I couldn't go through that. I couldn't make it. Man, I, I just, no, I give up. I, I just couldn't manage that. They lost this. They're going through that. There's some things that just seem impossible that we don't want to find out if they're possible. We say things like, I could never go on with life if I didn't have blank. If I I lost this loved one in my life, I don't know what I would do. Man, if if I lost my health, I I just I don't I don't know what I would do. How, How do I go on? If I lost my independence, if I had to rely on others? If I lost my mobility, you know, if I if I was confined to a wheelchair. If I lost my sight, or you know, if there's any physical ailment that would, would kind of take away from what I have now, man, how would I go on? If I lost my financial security, I just, I don't know what I would do. It'd be impossible to go on. It'd be impossible to continue living life the way that I understand it to, to be. Maybe we say, you know what, if I, if I, if I lost control... I feel like I have some control. If I lost that little bit of control I feel like I have, I'm just not sure how it would go on. So what's your blank? What's your, if I lost this, I'm not sure how it would go on. Maybe even be more than one. Oh, any of these things, would know? if this happened, that would be impossible. That would be impossible to move forward. See, when we suffer loss or hardship or trials, moving forward in life can just seem impossible. Even just the proximity or the potentiality of losing those things sometimes can cripple us. It has the power to move us to this place of hopelessness. Well, what if these things happen? They could happen, couldn't they? We become this place of feeling hopeless. These your life-changing moments. These are those things that happen in life where we never go back to being the same. We can't because of when some of these things are taken away, when these things happen. When these losses or hardships or trials, we say, "Just it'd be impossible to move forward." You know, Sarah and I have had my my wife Sarah and I have had some of these uh, defining moments, these life-changing moments in in our life, and I've I've shared some of them in the past. And so I'm just going to give you the, the, the Cliff Notes version of them. But you know, when we transition from just being the two of us to really wanting to, uh, you know, expand our family and bring some, some kids into the family, um, to whatever extent it was our control, and obviously that's ultimately God's uh, blessing in God's hand, um, we had some complications and just couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant, and all right, we'll start looking into this, and we started with a simple blood test, and uh, the blood test revealed a, uh, a path that we were to walk, and um, that led us to uh, the kind of the pinnacle moment was um, after Sarah had, had a, a brain scan. Um, sit in the doctor's office, and he takes us to see the scan, and basically says, hey, "Your wife has a tumor uh, in her head. It's called a plactinoma And he shows us the, the picture of it, and it's about the size of a golf ball, You're right behind the eyes, under the brain. And just see—I mean, just in that moment, it was just life changes. What do we do? It just seems impossible to go forward. Now, this next story kind of reveals how that ends. The next story is about my five year old daughter. And so you can see that that story ended well. And there's another time when my five year old daughter ends up in the hospital. She was in the hospital for a total of 10 days. And you look back now and you're like, man, God was faithful and it was no big deal. Um, but in the midst of that, in that moment where I saw my daughter sitting in the hospital bed before we even had a diagnosis of what was, uh, what was causing her sickness, and it was, each day it was getting progressively worse. And I got to the point uh, where she couldn't move. And it wasn't a sense of a paralysis, it was a sense of pain in the joints. Her joints were becoming so inflamed that, that she couldn't even move. Just for me to lift her, and I'll never forget this, just to lift her off the bed and I'd take her to the washroom and I'd set her down and she wouldn't move a muscle and she'd do her stuff and I'd put her back on the bed and she'd grimacing the whole time just remembering that. I was just, it just tore me up. But thanks, Peter, to it just it, He showed himself so powerful in that. And she's healthy today. Now There, there are two stories that were life changing in my life. We've we got to admit this though so first and foremost. They don't always end as happily as, as those two examples. I also got to admit that that there are people in here who've gone through far worse. I'm not not trying to say, okay, which ones are worse. I'm not trying to gauge those. All I'm saying is we've all gone through things like this that just in the midst of it, in the moment, they feel like, man, I could never move forward past that. That's impossible. There's no way pigs would be flying in the sky before I could go through that. What we're here to learn this morning is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Haven't we all asked that question of how do I move forward in life from here? What lies ahead just seems so impossible. It's too challenging. It's too painful. It's too scary. It's too unknown. It's too lonely. It's too different. It's too difficult. It's too this. It's too this. It's too that. How do I go forward? Life doesn't stop. That's the thing is we got to do something, right? Because life keeps on trucking away. It's like those assembly lines and I Love Lucy where the chocolates just keep coming, just keep coming. Sometimes it feels like the heartache in life can do that. We go through a season where just one thing after the other, after the other. We say, well, Steve, but wait, no, hang on, there's hope, Steve. Because doesn't the Bible say that God will let you go through anything that you can't handle? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. If you said that, if someone said that to you, we need to correct our thinking on this. The Bible does not say that God will not let you go through anything that you can't handle. This is a misunderstanding or a misquoting of what we see in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will let you be tempted beyond what you can escape from, and he will provide a way out. He'll provide a way out from temptation. It's not saying, God will let you go through what you can't handle. There's all kinds of stuff in this world that I can't handle. And I'm sure you feel the same way if we stop and think about it. There's many things that we were never meant to be able to handle. As we see the evil and the sinfulness of man and some of the things that it's led to in this world, you say, how do you wrap your head around this? You don't. It's just pure evil, some of these things that go on in life. And this is why we have people who move to a place where they have physical and mental challenges because they're suffering from things like post-traumatic stress disorder. What they've seen, what they've experienced, what they've witnessed was just so traumatic that it affects their lives, the rest of the days ahead. People struggle with things like, you know, multiple, multiple personalities at, at its most extreme where they, they, they have to compartmentalize the pain and different trials that they've gone through to figure out how to make heads or tails of it. Maybe on a, on a more everyday level, maybe just people become withdrawn from life. They're not as out there anymore. They're not willing to connect with people because of their pain or loss or, or hardship. I think I've successfully had a, a, quite the Debbie Downer of a morning so far. Um, so I apologize for that. But here, if I, if I just were to leave us in this place, I, I don't know what kind of pastor I would be. I don't know what kind of Christian I would be because, you know what? There is hope to be found in Jesus. This is not the end of the story. There is hope to be found in Jesus. Open up your Bibles. Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to be here this morning. If you need a Bible, just take one of these Bibles. I'm going to say that every single week because we want to see uh, the Word of God in people's hands. If you want to turn on your Bible and go digital, we always encourage that as well. Anything we can do to get the Word of God in your hands. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Just like last week, we had that one verse from Luke chapter 1. Here's what I want you to walk away with. Here's kind of that one verse here this week. Philippians 4, 13. If nothing else, hear this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If we put this verse in context, the hymn is, is specifically referring to the Lord Jesus. I can do all things through the Lord Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So as we... Think back to what we just talked about and maybe some of those things that just seem impossible. Like I, I, just, I can't go forward if this were, were to happen or if I were to lose this or if I were to go through this trial. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so while the situation may be something greater than we can handle, when we trust in God, when we rely in him as our strength, we can do all things. And to better understand what's being said here, we, we gotta put this verse in context. Because to be honest, this is probably uh, one of the most misunderstood or misquoted uh, verses um, in in Christendom. And so we really need to understand what's going on here. So this is uh, written by uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, He is in jail when this was written, uh, possibly like a house arrest type of situation. Um, But see, Paul is one who's experienced many of these life-changing moments, these defining moments in life where there's been trial, where there's been suffering, where there's been sorrow. He's been beaten. He's been imprisoned, as we can see, as I've already shared. He's been shipwrecked. Uh, He's been uh, chased out of town. He's been stoned and left for dead. Uh, That one's interesting because then he gets up and goes back into the town to tell him about Jesus. Um, It's a ghost. I'm scared. kidding. Uh, (laughs) He's been blinded. A lot of this stuff, it's happened more than once. So he's gone through some stuff. He's seen something. He's got sorrow. He's got loss. He's had things taken away. He'd have a list of things he could say, oh, if I lost this, what's that blank? He'd have, oh, maybe here's all the things I feel would be in that list. But he knows that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As we're going to find here, if we kind of broaden the verse here we're looking at, we see that he's found a secret to being content despite these circumstances. He's found a secret to being content. Let's read Philippians 4. in need. And here he tells us what that secret is. The secret to contentment is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul's saying I've experienced the highs, I've experienced the lows. I I know what it's like to have a lot and to have abundance. I I know what it's like to have a little, uh, even less than that. I've had days of of being hungry, not sure where my next meal is coming from, if I even even eat today. I've had the experience of being well fed and having plenty and being able to bless others uh, uh, out of my Excess. So I've I've experienced all that. I'm here in jail and yet I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul's contentment is found in Jesus who strengthens him. So let's look at this verse. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is where the lamp is going to step in as my visual aid. Uh, Say hello to yourself or myself even. This lamp represents us. This lamp was made on purpose for purpose, as we we heard at the beginning of the year here through um, Don't Waste Your Life, the series that Adam did, Uh, and its purpose is to shine light in the same way that our purpose is to glorify, is to share the glory of God, uh, to share Christ through our lives. So here's this lamp, and we're going to kind of come back to this throughout, so just don't forget it's right here, this is you, this is me. So let's look at what Paul's not saying when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul's not saying I can do whatever the heck I want to do. That's that's not what he's saying. He's not saying we we can have this no restrictions, no boundaries sort of lifestyle. This golden ticket where we get into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and can do whatever the heck we want. We can shove shove our faces full of chocolate. We can go swimming in a chocolate river and do whatever we want. This is like the lamp saying, I can do whatever I want. I think I'll go swimming. It just doesn't fit. It's contrary to who the lamp is and to how the lamp was made. It may seem like fun, but it will eventually lead to the lamp's destruction. If the lamp went swimming, there's no other way to deal with this except to treat it as a person. So lamp, lamp, people, people, lamp. So so basically, this is like Paul saying. You know, um, he's not saying so we can do whatever the heck you want. Well, how do we know he's not saying that? This entire letter, if we were to read all of Philippians, uh, the, the whole letter, it's about living a life uh, that, that honors God, a life of obedience. It's about sharing the good news of Jesus with others. It's about surrendering to God's will for our life. And so why in the midst of this whole conversation about why we should surrender our, w- our will to God, living a life of obedience, why would he say, oh, and by the way, you can go do whatever you want. You can just do whatever you want. There's no restrictions. There's no guidelines around that. It's not what he's saying. It's just not what he's saying. Something else that Paul is not saying when he says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's not saying that I can do anything I can imagine. He's not saying I can do anything I can imagine. Almost like like a superhero mentality. I, I can leave a building in a single bound. I'm not sure why how many bounds it takes to leap. It matters. If you can leap a building, you can leap a building, which is pretty wild. But he's not saying you can leap a building. He's not saying this is like the matrix where you can just, if you can imagine it, you can make it happen. You can download some information. Okay, I, I can go do that. It's, it's like the lamp saying, hey, guess what? I'm Iron Man. The lamp's not going to say, I'm Iron Man. It's probably more of a Green Lantern kind of thing where you just imagine it and it happens. But, uh, you, you know... That's not what's going on here. We don't have superpowers. We are not God. We're not God. And this verse isn't saying that we can be God through Christ who strengthens us. What's beautiful is we go back to creation. We see that we're made like God, in the image of God, but we're not God. We're his creation. How do we know this isn't what Paul means? Did I mention Paul's in prison when he wrote this? Did I mention that? I mean, if this is what he's saying, if he's saying you could have superpower strength, and do you know, anything you can imagine, do you think he'd still be in prison? No, because that's not what he's saying. Third thing that Paul is not saying. He's not saying that I can reach any goal regardless. Regardless of whatever, fill in the blank. Regardless of this, regardless of that. He's not saying that I can reach any goal. This is like that Hail Mary pass mentality. As long as I float it up there, it'll come down and and the right receiver will have the ball. This is like when we say you're walking into class and you didn't study at all for the test that you know is coming on. You're like, hey, it's all right. I didn't study, but Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to ace this test. No, that's not how it works. This is like victory in, in competition. We have have people going into battle of some kind, whether it be a boxing match or a, you know, a, a, you know, football game or something like that. And they say, "Hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I I, I can win this thing. I got it." You ever wonder how, how that works out if the other side's thinking that too? Just saying. This is not what's the saying. I think sometimes we take Philippians four thirteen and say, "Hey, I, I can accomplish any personal goal I have." You know, I'm, I'm going to meet my goal in uh, about two days. Because you know what? You know what? You know what? we will make it get three. But still, I could do two because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what Paul's saying. That, that would be like the, the lamp saying, hey, one day, one day, guess what? I'm going to go, I'm going to light up center field of the Super Bowl. Or the big game. Whichever title you prefer. One day, I'm going to go light up the Super Bowl. Now, here's what's interesting on this one. Is that possible? I guess. I'd say that. You could, this lamp could be part of the Super Bowl. Is it a promise? No. No. And so That's the difference in there in some of these things. So as we think about some of our goals, as we think about some of the things that we like to see accomplished in our life, can these things happen? Yes. Does this verse promise that they will? No. Could you still ace that test? Yes. Can God still work in your life to help you recall what you did learn in class even though you didn't study? Yes, that can all happen. Can you still find grace? The teacher say, hey, as long as you showed up today and took the quiz, you got an A. All those things can happen. But is it a promise? Is it a substitute for living a life trusted in God, living a life uh, of responsibility? No, it's not. So Paul's not saying that, hey, this is for our own, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I want to be president one day. That's my goal. It's going to happen. Could it happen? It could. It's not, it's not a promise. See, when we fall into the trap of any of the, the, these mindsets, say, well, this is what Paul's saying. So what we're doing is we falsely put the focus on us. Well, the focus is meant to be on Jesus. We put the focus on us as far as what we can do. But it's not, the focus isn't on what we can do. The focus is on the power and the strength that we have in Jesus, if you go back to the Greek, we, we, we get to the there's only one verb in, in Philippians uh, four thirteen. It's eishuo, and it means to be able to be the you know, strength, power, and so when we get to this uh, this translation of I can do this verb of to do uh, to accomplish something, you know, to do it's a helping verb because the focus is actually on the power, on the strength in Christ which is greater than what could be physically done. And so if we were to kind of take that mindset of what really is being said there, going back to the Greek and going back to the context of what Paul is saying and where he is, what Paul is saying is this. Paul is saying, I can endure all things through him who strengthens me. Like that's a more helpful way to think about it. I can endure all things through him who strengthens me. If it's a feast, I can endure that. If it's a famine, I'd prefer the feast, but I can endure a famine through Christ who strengthens me. If it's riches, okay, I can endure that. I'm sure there's new problems that come with money, but I can endure that. I can figure out how to use those funds for God's glory. If it's rags, okay, I can figure out how to endure that. If it's a high or a low, for Paul, if it's being in prison or being out with his peeps. Either way, you say, you know what? I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. When faced with the impossible circumstances in our life, the things that we feel like, hey, this is more than I can bear, let us go where Paul goes and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's come back to the lamp. This is like, imagine the lamp going through some real storms, some real setbacks. It's like the lamp saying, no matter the darkness, no matter the storm, no matter that the persecution, no matter, you know, some kid come up and color all over me and graffiti me up, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I'll continue to shine. I'm going to continue to be who God's made me to be. I'll continue to press on and go forward. Because see, when, when that which seems impossible uh, on the road that we must walk becomes a reality, the thing we I could never get through that, but all of a sudden we're facing that today. Maybe you're in the midst of that right now. When we're in that place, see, God makes it possible to move forward through Jesus who strengthens us. And there are kind of four things I want to hit on here before we wrap up along these lines. Four things. First thing is this we are strengthened the same way that we are saved. We're strengthened the same way that we're saved. and Let me hit on that word saved first. I know it's kind of a church world uh, term. What we're talking about is being saved from, from the consequences of our sins, of the, our mistakes, of the ways that we've gone against the will of God. That's what the Bible calls sin, and, and that separates us uh, from God. That, that's put a, a divide between us. And Scripture teaches that it's by grace through faith. Grace is is this gift from God. God said, hey, I'll give you a way to deal with that in Jesus. And to receive that, in the same way if someone else were to give you a gift, the way to receive that is through faith in Jesus. Acknowledge that Jesus was God. Acknowledge that he died on the cross for our sins. And accept that, receive that. And we're forgiven. In the same way that, that we're saved, that we receive that forgiveness from sin, we're strengthened. We're strengthened. Say by faith through grace in Jesus. When we, we remain in him, that's the life that we should live. We're strengthened. Colossians 2, 6-7 through 7 says it this way. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. In the same way that you received him, now walk in him. You received him through faith, now walk in faith. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's come back to the lamp here for the last time. How does this lamp stay on? Well, first all, you, know, you turn it on at the switch, right? What the, that just controls some of the, where the flow's going, right? So, so how, how do we turn it on? Well, it's not so much about the switch. It's about where the cord's plugged in. It's about the source of power. It's so much less to do with the ability of the lamp, what it can do has everything to do with the power that it's connected to. And that's us in, in the same way. In the same way. It's not about what we can do. It's not about our abilities that strengthens us. It's not about, oh, no, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I, I, I could weather that storm. I could get through that. I'm pretty independent. You know, if I lost blank in my life, it'd be okay. I, would, I don't, I don't want to lose blank, but I'd be all right. Our abilities don't allow us to be able to navigate those things in life. We come up short. We lose hope. We get beaten down. But when we find our strength in God, when we stay plugged in to the power source, when we remain in Jesus, then we shine no matter what happens. It's not about what we can do that strengthens us, but about the power of Jesus because we are strengthened the same way that we are saved through faith in Jesus. And so we can ask this question, are we plugged into Jesus? So maybe it's a little cheesy, but when we have a lamp up here as an illustration, it kind of fits. Are we plugged into Jesus? And Do we remain plugged in? If this lamp said, okay, well, I want to go over here right now, i got this point where the, okay, I had to unplugged to get there, he just lost the power to shine. He lost the power to live in the reality of, of who he was made to be. So every morning, Every day, every season, let's just pause and confirm am I, am I checked into Jesus this morning? Am I remaining in him? You know, if this is something you want to keep talking about, um, in our next series, we'll be looking at a lot of the I am statements of Jesus. He make seven of them uh, in the book of John. And one of them, he says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We're, we're going to unpack that. We'll, we'll give a whole week to it. And, and, uh, but we're talking about, so what's it like to live in faith in, in Jesus, where we believe that he is the way to eternal life with God, where we believe that he is the truth regarding all things in life, where we believe that, that he is the life that we're called to live. We can ask questions like, well, do my beliefs reflect what Jesus believes, what Jesus claims to be true? Do I submit my purposes and my passions to those of Jesus? Am I living a life that, that, that is like Jesus's? And so that, that's going to be in the weeks ahead. So we're strengthened in the same way that we're saved. We're able to connect, I'm sorry, we're, we're able to be content in all circumstances. We're able to be content in all circumstances. And this is really the progression that Paul was making, right? We got, in verse 11, he's talking about how I've learned to be content And he expands on that in verse 12 He says, I've learned the secret to contentment in all circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on, right? Good, bad, big, small, doesn't matter what it is, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. And then he lays the secret on us of verse 13, to be strengthened through Jesus. Because see, when when we're weak, God is our strength. When life feels unsustainable, God is the sustainer of all life. When life feels out of control, God is still sovereign over all things. When we're caught off guard, God is still aware, alert, and ready to act. When we are overwhelmed, God is at peace and still all-powerful. So Paul's secret to contentment was his strength that was found in Jesus. Well, Why does that bring us to a place of contentment? Because when we remain in Jesus, when we stay plugged in, our focus is on him. And when all of a sudden something tries to distract us from focusing on Jesus, we can say, no, I'm, I'm focused on, on what is greatest. Yes, there is something that is great. I don't mean a sense of really, really good. I mean something that is, that is powerful. Great things, significant things can happen in our life that try to distract us and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. But God is still greater. God is still greater. When I found out my wife had a golf ball-sized tumor in her head, and I didn't, you know, I'm not a neurosurge. I, I don't know what the next step is. You know, I might have a video, home video of her getting like the top of her head pulled off as they try to I, I didn't know. I mean, I'm be a little silly in there, but really I it just it was, you know, I'm just trying to make the, the walk from the 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 room where we saw the image to the room where we're gonna talk to the doctor without breaking down, trying to be strong for my wife. And I'm like, what's gonna happen here? But for a moment I think, well yeah, my, my God made her. My God made every part of her and knows her, down to the hairs on her head. He's got this. Sure, I don't know how it's going to play out. There might be more sorrow and grief to come. But he's got this. He's greater. This doesn't surprise him. God wasn't like, oh, how'd that get there? He knew it was there. He knew what he was going to do about it. We're able to be content in all circumstances when our focus remains on that which is greatest. We get distracted. See, Paul didn't mind the whole being in prison piece. I'm sure if he could choose to be out of prison, maybe he would, but he had a view of eternity in mind. He wasn't looking at it as, hey, am I going to be comfortable today? He was looking at it as, I'm going to be delivered one way or the other. Either I'm going to die here and go to heaven, or I'm going get, to get, get out of here and I'm going to go preach Jesus outside the prison too, because I've been preaching Jesus inside the, the prison. I'm, I'm following the, the plan and purpose and will of God, so Either way, I'm being delivered. He had such a view, such a focus of eternity, such a focus on God that something as significant as being imprisoned didn't phase him. Man, if all of a sudden I was in prison today for something that was honorable to God, not just for doing something silly. If I was in, imp- it'd just be, man, what'd I do? I gotta take care of my wife, my kids, and all these things, responsibilities. And Paul's like, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because his focus is on that which is greatest. We're able to be content in all circumstances when we place our focus on God. And yes, when things sidetrack us, when we lose whatever it is, when we experience that loss, Yes, I know it takes our focus and it, it, it tries to unplug us and say, no, you got to look at this. This is the greatest thing in your life. And it's a battle. It's a fight to say, no, I'm going to remain in Jesus. Yes, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but God is still greater. Number three, contentment does not eliminate our grief, sorrow, and pain. You ever met a Christian who you kind of felt, you got the impression that you think they felt they always had to be happy? You have permission, you have the freedom to be sad here. Permission and the freedom to grieve, to mourn, to be human, to experience loss. The church isn't a place where we all come in and put on a happy face. The church is a place where we come together through the mess of life and find joy in God in knowing that there is better after this, in knowing that there is strength in Him, in reminding each other of that. It's okay to have grief, sorrow, and pain. You don't have to hide those away. We can still have peace, even though the circumstances may not change. I know the examples I've given had happy endings to them, but some of you had experiences like that where there was no happy ending, and there still isn't a happy ending. You're still going through these trials and there's daily reminders of some of your loss but there's peace in the midst of that yes we still need to deal with our grief our sorrow and loss we need to take time to mourn and respond to that but let's look at paul's heart here so just jump a little earlier in his letter uh paul uh, philippians 4 4 through 7 paul says this rejoice in the lord always Man, his situation hasn't changed Still the same context, the same situation. This is just a few verses before what we've been reading this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. You see this all throughout Philippians. A call to rejoice in the Lord. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. God is near, he's saying. He is near to the brokenhearted. Do not be anxious, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's respond to the grief and the sorrow and the pain and the loss in our lives with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Have it out with God. He's got big shoulders. He can take our questions. He can take our pain. He can take our loss. It's okay. But again, even the midst of all that, as we work through that, and we seek to find peace, as we go to God in prayer, I remember those moments when I was in the midst of the examples that I shared. I remember being by my daughter's bedside and as she tries to sleep and find rest in the midst of, of, of her pain and discomfort. I remember praying over her and praying, God, I pray you would take this away. Through whatever means you desire, I pray you would take this away. And even before I saw that the how the story would end, even before I knew there was a day coming where we'd be walking out of that hospital with, with that sweet little girl with a smile on her face, fully restored to health, even in the ways that the, 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 the infliction that she had, where they would say, here's some side effects that you'd usually have to deal with. One of them would be an aneurysm in the heart and, and being like, nope, that's gone. God just healed her. I give him glory for that. Even before I knew any of that would be, and I'm still fearing the worst, there was a sense of peace just in taking it to God with prayer and supplication. It's a reminder. It's like, that's right. I'm plugged in. And there's power here. And there's more than just what we see in this physical world. And even if the worst happens, I'll see my little girl again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me leave you with this. Number four, God is greater than our affliction, our fortune, or our failures. It's kind of a building off number two here. But I want to real quick just tell you about the story of Job. If you know the story of Job, if you don't, it's that book of the Bible that looks like Job, but it's Job, it's his name. And it's a story of a man who had all kinds of stuff, had a huge family, had all kinds of a fortune, and basically lost it all. And we kind of see how he interacts with that. He was a, a God-fearing man, and he loved God, and so he, he had a, a fortune, and it was lost. He experienced affliction. He lost his health as well, and all these different things, and he experienced his own failure when he questioned God, and hey, why, why me? Why is all this happening? And, and basically gets to this point here, at the end of this back and forth, he's got, you know, he even had some friends that he, you could say he lost, because they kind of came in and, and, and put their foot in their mouth, and weren't very helpful, and... Kind of culminates this in, in Job 42, two. This is Job speaking to God. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. This is just one line out of kind of Job and God's back and forth. But just think about that. I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God's most recent response, right before Paul, uh, right before Job gets to this, it's basically God's kind of pointing out the, the mightiest things that He's made things that, that, that aren't present today, at least not by the same name. But, uh, he's, he's talking about behold the behemoth, behold the Leviathan. And imagine this, this massive sea creature. Can you tame that? Can you put a hook in its, in its nose and have it as a pet? Can you tell it where to go? I can. I made it. Yeah. You ever seen those ones where people like are, are, are taming wild animals and they, they just you look like they're just, oh, how can they do that? And then they get eaten. But that's, that's not that's not God. Guys will be like, oh, this is my pet bear. This is my pet lion or tiger. You know? He's he's greater than anything. He's created those things. And so as we think about what we have, our fortune, as we think about our affliction, God is is greater. So we can find strength in God. And this one hit on that last one I mentioned, our failures. Sometimes in the midst of all this, as, as we're going through loss, grief, and sorrow, maybe it's because of our own mistakes. Maybe it's because of our own failures. So many times we think of Philippians 4.13, like I said, we we go to those other places where it's like I can be the superhero who can do whatever and and accomplish all these things. I think sometimes we we forget that, you know, hey, if this is saying I can endure all things, if this is saying that in Christ there's the power to, to move forward from this, that also is true in our failures. When we make mistakes, that there's still tomorrow, that we can still move forward. There's still hope in Christ. It's a Midland Church. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let's pray. Father God, you are a great and glorious God. And we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the hope that is found in Philippians. We thank you for Paul's story as we see all that he's gone through. Father, we know that whether there's things that we're going through now, or, or apologize, things that I dug up in the midst of this message, we know that you're greater than these sorrows, than these losses, than, than whatever that we would put in that blank that was taken away, whether just for a moment or, or we're still wondering if we'll ever get it back. We thank you, Father, that you are such a a great God, that there is power in Jesus, that we have access to you, that we have access to your power when we stay plugged into Jesus, Father. Help us to remain in him. Father, if there's any of us here this morning who have not trusted in Jesus, who have not plugged ourselves in, who have not uh, allowed your power to move through us, I pray we would receive him for the first time here this morning. And if we're sitting out there feeling like hey that's me uh, I pray you would come talk to me afterwards or talk to someone else here who knows what it means to follow Jesus we'd love to walk you through that Father God we thank you for who you are and that in you we can be strengthened to a place of contentment in all circumstances and that we can do all things through Jesus who strengthens us strengthen us now this morning as we proclaim your goodness, as we proclaim who you are and how great you are, God. And all God's people said, amen.